We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. The Oracle Network. Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast where we rotate between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, and well, you know the drill. A little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you, the listener, what most consider a weird distraction from everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Christian, <laughs> who is doing an off-brand Sean Connery accent today, apparently. I was just supposed to. I was supposed to, but you know what? As soon as we started recording, I I, I got Snaid. scared. I snaid. Yeah, I I yeeted myself. I yeeted the off-brand Sean Connery out of my body, and now we're here. So before we dive into this week's conspiracy theory topic, just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. So hope you're decent, because we're coming in with some news, or reminder if you will Mm -hmm. just a reminder that we have a special weird spam coming out on february 15th which will feature some guests don't miss it do not miss this episode don't sleep on it it's gonna be hilarious Mm -hmm. i'm so excited for us to release this and as a reminder another reminder within a reminder weird spam is available for our here for the weird tier which is five dollars a month and that is five dollars USD. So check it out over on Patreon. Now, as always, Chris, we have to ask each other some hard questions. Oh, yes. Yes. So what is your need for a distraction this week? My need for a distraction this week is I hate work. Wow. I hate my job. Wow. You know what? I don't think you've ever shared that here before. This is groundbreaking. (laughs) I'm a better person lately, and I don't mean to be, and I apologize to anybody. I just, nope. Yeah. Yep. You know what? That's I'm my gonna, distraction. <laughs> I, I'm going to backpack on that same, same, same. Yeah. Same, same. i really regretting not having gone to school for literally anything else. I wish my feet were pretty enough so I could sell feet pics for a living, but uh, here we are. Someone might still pay for them. Someone might, but honestly, I'd be surprised. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, they're not... I don't know. They're not awful, but they're not... Also, I would just, like, request, like, and if, if ever I could, please get some, like, paid vacation. Mm-hmm. I don't know that benefit. So, uh, even if I could just get some days off where I could still get paid so I can afford my house, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> yes. I feel like that should be mandatory everywhere across the world. That would be nice. That would be nice. Alas. I think it's time for us to get a little distracted. Please tell me the deets of the story. All right. So, actually, plot twist, I have another question for you. Oh, what happens when you mix MIT, the school, yes, <laughs> and Quaker Oats? Uh, I don't know. If you guessed oatmeal laced with radioactive tracers, you'd be correct. And you didn't. <laughs> that is. You are the weakest link. <laughs> <laughs> you are the weakest link. Goodbye. No. 
This week we're going to discuss the MIT Science Club, one that I never heard of, but don't think I will ever forget. And for this week, I'm going to give a blanket trigger warning for this episode, particularly because we will be discussing abuse and mistreatment of children oh. and other themes that may not be suitable or easily listenable for some individuals. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. With that being said, let's turn the weird meter up and get chatting about it. What do you say? Let's please. Our story begins in Waltham, Massachusetts, at the Walter E. Fernald Developmental Center, which horribly was once called the Experimental School for Teaching and Training Idiotic Children and the Massachusetts School for the Feeble-Minded. Mm. Neither of those names pass the vibe check here. No. No. <laughs> Not a fan. Don't like it. Moving on. So the buildings of this center, located at 200 Trapello Road, were built between 1888 to 1891. According to some reports that I came across in my research, the center would house children, primarily boys, with cognitive or learning disabilities and or with mental health disorders. However, not all of those who entered the buildings of the Fernald Center fit those diagnoses. According to the Prince Economics website, some of the children were transferred from homeless shelters or simply horribly abandoned by their family. So basically... They were abandoned. Abandoned, yeah. A lot of these kids seem to just kind of been... I don't want to say dumped by their parents, but that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting that. It's like either their parents didn't want them or they came from other shelters or something. Exactly, exactly. Or maybe they ran away, went to the shelter, and got transferred here. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, with a total of 72 buildings spanning over 196 acres, the Fernald Center allegedly housed up to 2,500 individuals at its peak service. So that's a lot of kids. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of screaming. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of screaming. Mm-hmm. And a lot of... Fighting. Oh. Temper no. tantrums. Ugh. Hitting. Hitting. (laughs) Crying. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. I even read on the Prince Economics website that the Fernald Center was one of the first in the United States of its kind, which I don't necessarily think is a winning flag to really fly, but somebody was flying this flag. They're like, yay, we're the first. In retrospect. (laughs) Mistakenly. Yeah, mistakenly. For sure. When the center was under the reign of Superintendent Walter Fernald, it seemed to possess less of a supported treatment-based program that some may expect, and more of, you know, a problematic one. Apparently, Walter was a big fan of eugenics, which, for those who don't know, is basically a belief that you can make a genetically perfect person. Eugenics, or selective breeding, has been historically problematic as it basically means if you don't possess a certain set of genes, or you have a disability of sorts, you're considered less than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're not, once again, doesn't pass the vibe check. No, it's very much things like nowadays or like into the future, people doing IVF, but like picking perfect baby genes. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. With Walter being a fan of eugenics and running the School of Children with Disabilities, trouble started brewing. Walter allegedly would begin looking at the children as more of test subjects in order to try and understand mental and cognitive well beings. For example, serialization and radiation experiments experimentation was allegedly used what only can be assumed as some weird form of attempted treatment to any of the children's ailments. That's aggressive. Very aggressive. And I know from radiation as in my career, that's a very problematic thing to use on children because that's the beginning of the stem growth. Yeah. Like stem cells is like the most susceptible. So... It's not good on children. Oh, honey, just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If that isn't horrid, 
The, here's a direct quote to expand more on the Fernald Center from the World Abandoned website. Quote, the school has been the subject of allegations of sexual and physical abuse of the students, accounts of which have been reported in the media. The standard of education was said to be extremely low and the boys were housed in large crowded dorms, end quote. Unfortunately, we're not done with the train of all things horrible and now we're going to shift to discuss the main reason why we're talking about this place and MIT and Quaker Oats today. Oh, sounds like it's gonna be bad. Yeah, once again, trigger warning. Just, you've, you've been warned twice now, just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be a lighthearted episode today, folks. Uh, don't love it. Yeah, don't love it. So we will get to the science club. However, we have to talk about one of the most important meals of the day, which is breakfast. Not for me, but okay. Yeah. Uh, specifically, a type of breakfast food being cereal. So in the later half of the 1940s, Quaker oats and cream of wheat were allegedly duking it out in the cereal market. If that battle wasn't bad enough, apparently both cereals were also dealing with some flack given the plant-based grains containing uh, naturally high levels of phytate, an acid that absorbs iron and calcium, according to the Price Economic website. Now, some curious cats over at the Massachusetts in Institute of Technology, aka MIT, mm -hmm. want to try and figure out how the human body absorbs essential minerals and vitamins around this time. So we've got Quaker Oats battling to be like the number one cereal oatmeal producing in the, in the world producer in the world yeah and then we also have mit at the same time wanting to kind of figure out okay how does the human body absorb vitamins and essential minerals we have not say the cereal itself either both of them was like mostly iron and calcium or something yeah exactly they're both important things for your body yeah so quaker oats heard about maybe mit kind of wanting to do these experiments and thought hey, we have stuff that absorbs things in the human body. Maybe we could do a collab. Questionable. Questionable collaboration, but one that unfortunately did happen. So Quaker Oats probably thought this would knock cream of wheat out of the aisle and gain more growth. So MIT and Quaker Oats are hitting the collaboration station, but who would participate in such a study? I mean, they'd have to find some subjects to kind of help figure out uh, absorption and everything, but who was going to do that? I wonder, is it those unwillingly unbeknownst children? Yes, this is where the Walter E. Fernald Developmental Center comes into play. So according to the Priceonomic website, I think I keep saying Press Economic website. I don't know. I, their link and everything will be in today's show notes. My apologies. But according to this website, MIT picked the children from the Walter E. Fernald Developmental Center and convinced them into participating in their collab study with Quaker Oats. It wasn't labeled like that, though. Instead, the children were told that they'd be part of this quote-unquote science club because of course children want to be a part of a club right they yeah want when they're to... in this establishment that like got them dropped first of all exactly. like, let's, let's have fun with this well yeah and not only that but it gives them a sense of belonging mm -hmm. right the science club would take place in the 1940s and 50s and was a part of a wide range of studies regarding radioactive materials during the time 40 children from the fernald center were grouped into what we now know as the mit science club being told that they were going to be taking vitamins for a study 
and would get rewards for participating. After getting approval for funding, children at the Fernald Center were fed Quaker Oats cereal with radioactive tracers, yet the children were oblivious to know this, especially considering they weren't properly informed. They, as far as my understanding, they were just told that they were taking extra vitamins. So where was the vitamins? Not a cereal? No, the, the, the vitamins wasn't vitamins. It was radioactive tracers. Yeah, but if they're thinking they're taking vitamins, like, do they think it's already in the cereal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they don't know at all. They, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think they're just in the science club getting fed cereal, and they're like, this is great. This is dope. Yeah. Hell, if this was offered to me as an adult, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Because that sounds dope. Eating. Free. Great. Yeah. You want me to eat for free? <laughs> Bet, my friend. Bet. <laughs> so... Some may wonder, who the hell would approve this kind of experiment? Well, the United States of America Atomic Energy Commission would. And for those curious, they no longer are in commission, and apparently it seized in 1975. For the best. For the best. So in a direct quote from the Price Economic website, quote, Over the next several weeks, Charles Dyer, a former participant, with a few dozen kids between the ages of 7 and 17, were fed rather large amounts of Quaker Oats cereal coated with radioactive chemicals, which allowed the researchers to trace the digestion process. The results, which proved the iron absorption rate of rolled oats, was no less than that of farina, so cream of wheat. End quote. Which, yeah, I don't, cream of wheat just doesn't sound... I know, I like take the patients from the ward in the morning. I'm like, how was breakfast? And they're like, oh, cream of wheat with honey or brown sugar. And I'm like, "Mm, that's not what I want. That sounds like my worst nightmare for the morning. (laughs) Once the iron tests were rolled out, they made a series of tests specifically to calcium. Instead of 40, 36 participants were reportedly given two breakfasts containing milk with radioactive tracers in them. Researchers were trying to figure out whether or not the phytate chemicals that were in the plant-based cereals would interfere with the dietary uptake of the calcium. Some may be wondering, okay, how much radioactive exposure are we talking here? Mm-hmm. For the iron experiment, exposures reportedly range from 170 millirems to 330 millirems, with an average of 230 millirems. For calcium, it was like 12 millirems or less. And millirems, for those who don't know, aka me when I was doing my research, is a unit of absorbed radiation dose, as an FYI. So I'm assuming you know. I learned about it in school, and then it was like. Psh- out of your, out yeah, of I was your like, I don't use that calculation, so fine, fucking no. Yeah, fair enough. That's that's how most things happen. Things school. happen, exactly. So to kind of give some more background as to what this could do to the body, I'm going to reference the lovely Price Economic website again. Quote, 300 millirems is roughly equivalent to receiving 30 consecutive chest x-rays or one year's worth of background radiation exposure in a city like Boston, an amount that carried an extra risk of contracting cancer. Ca- Yeah, cancer in one of 2,000 cases, end quote. So from what I gathered in my research, Quaker oats seemed to bode better in comparison to cream of wheat. However, the experiments weren't over. There was a third round of experiments where nine of the children were injected with syringes of radioactive calcium to see what happens when the calcium is in the bloodstream. During these experiments, the children would be gifted random things for their ill-directed and ill-advised participation, because once again, 
they're just being told that they're taking vitamins. They don't know that they're actually being, you know, injected with chemicals that can kill them. Well, yeah, and susceptible to radioactive sickness. Potent- yeah, exactly. So some sources claim that children would be given material items such as watches or toys. You know, they were thrown Christmas parties and taken to baseball games. They were basically bought, bought. for their health. That's disgusting. Yeah, so on top of that, those that participated were a part of a special group, as kind of mentioned earlier, right? I mean, they kind of picked on children who maybe didn't have a sense of belonging to a family or to a community of sorts, and now they're part of this group, this science club, and actually feel a part of something. Yeah, like they had nothing before other than like they had each other potentially yeah. at the home, but they're like, yeah, I'm part of a science club now. I feel important. Well, yeah. But I just might be getting killed in the process. But they don't even know that, right? No. Which is the, the scariest the problem. Part. That's the biggest problem. Now, I should mention that radioactive tracers allegedly are still used to this day. And although it gives me the scariest thinking about them, that's not the travesty that we're actually speaking about here in particular. How the experiments were completed is the biggest horror. The participants, being children, were not informed what they were doing. Most of them didn't have parental sign-offs to do the experiments, but still were expected to participate. Those that did not have parents who were going to sign off on the science club allegedly were not privy to what exact experiments were going to go down, nor were there any explicit explanations as to the radioactive calcium or iron that would be going into the children's bodies. So basically, they weren't explained what exactly was going on and their children, they weren't really informed about what their, I don't know, like what they were able to consent to or didn't have to mm-hmm. do, right? Like they weren't really told what their rights were. No. And now that they've already started this, it's like, what's the long-term effects that they have no idea about potentially? Ex- exactly. All because two big, fairly influential organizations like MIT and Quaker Oats wanted to gain information. For Quaker Oats, it seemed like they were just trying to gain facts that they were better than cream of wheat and then to use that as part of an advertising campaign. For MIT, it seemed like they were maybe trying to gain notoriety for their research, which in my mind falls into what a conspiracy theory is, when there is a belief that some covert but influential organization is responsible for a circumstance or event. Although the situation isn't necessarily belief, but, you know, it's kind of more of a full-blown scandal, if you will. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Let's just go against the children. Exactly. But how is it that we know about this scandal? Some might be wondering. What are your... Th- why well, I didn't hear about it before. Exactly. Well, that's another thing, too. When I stumbled upon it, it was mind-boggling. It's like, how have I never heard of this? A big school like MIT and then Quaker Oats, who, like, does all of breakfast. All of breakfast. I mean, hell, I buy their products, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's huge. In 1993, declassified documents from the Atomic Energy Commission, courtesy of Secretary of Energy Hazel O'Leary, were, well, declassified and, you know, able to be looked at, so to speak. That's good. Things that are classified should not always stay classified. According to a Smithsonian Magazine article, the documentation about the testing was mentioned in an investigative report on radiation testing in the United States by Aileen Wellsome. It also reportedly was released in a December 1993 Boston Globe article. Basically, as soon as a small spark of information was released, a wildfire grew. Well, no wonder. Yeah. Big, big news. Big ass news. 
1995, a class action lawsuit came in hot against Quaker Oats, which turned out to release even more demons that the company was trying to keep at bay. That's probably why we never heard of it, because I was not even one or one. Yeah. 30 former students reportedly filed the suit against MIT and Quaker Oats, in which the lawsuit claimed that the children were tricked into joining the MIT Science Club in order to unknowingly participate in radioactive experiments, and that the radioactive amounts were more than what was allowed under federal limits. Mm-hmm. Basically, their civil and human rights were violated, and their lives were potentially put into harm's way. When Quaker Oats was on trial, they were asked essentially why they looked at the Fernald Center as opposed to MIT students or another population. And direct quote that I got off of the Illuminati YouTube video said by Senator Edward Kennedy, quote, Aren't you appalled at the fact that the most vulnerable people in our society, which are young people, seven, eight years old, that are in an institution, aren't you appalled that they were the ones selected? End quote. Which... They should be fucking up all. They should be, yes. A thousand percent. Let's keep it 100 and state the obvious. The children from the Fernald Center were picked because they were not able to give proper consent themselves. And in my opinion, an easy way to do the experiment quick and without any delay due to this. Because I'm going to assume, and this is my assumption, mm-hmm. they probably weren't educated on what consent meant. I'm not saying all of them weren't or what have you, but I'm going to assume given the center's kind of outlook towards treating these children and, you know, how they acted towards these children, that these children probably weren't told what consent meant. So when these experiments came out, when they, you know, student or when children were asked to join this club, they probably weren't explained, okay, you have the right to consent or not to consent. You have the right to say you don't want to participate in this. Basically, they had no idea that they had the right to probably say no. And then once they were already involved with it, they didn't even know what they were actually involved with. No. And like you said, they want to get this done fast. And for any other normal, I'm assuming, kind of trial of sorts. Mm-hmm. You have to like get certain patients, they have yeah. to fit certain criteria, you have to get consent forms, all exactly. must be very to the T to be like anything qualified for anything future. And this really follows none of that. Exactly. It was a quick and easy way to do what whatever they wanted to do without worrying about people knowing what what the rights were really. Yes. Now Quaker Oats reportedly argued that based on their research, the amount of radioactive exposure wasn't as grand as what humans could obtain on a regular basis. They also argued, and to reiterate this again, that radioactive tracers continue to be used to this day. Quaker Oats had mentioned during the trial that they were understanding how to treat things such as osteoporosis, which they did by injecting the children. Well, they thought that they were... Giving them calcium of sorts? Well, yeah, like they were giving them calcium, like they were injecting them with calcium with radioactive tracers. So mm. they used that as, well, we're, you know, we're, we're looking to see how we can treat future bone related issues, which I get it. That's whatever. But at the end of the day, you still went about it really shadily. Yeah. Like you had to tell them they had to consent. Everyone needs to know. No and, one knew. And they're children. Mm. You, you just, you just don't. You just period. End of discussion. You just don't. So basically, Quaker Oats seemed to be using these arguments to say, yes, we did the studies, and yes, the children didn't know, but look how we can advance healthcare. <laughs> Which, not, <laughs> not a good look in my Not mind. a great look at all. No. 
however, what was failed to be seen was the fact that they took unknowing and unaware children who may or may not have had cognitive or mental health disorders and blindly led them into a series of potentially damaging studies. Yes, Quaker Oats has their reasons which involve healthcare advancement. However, one of the alleged bigger reasons behind the MIT Science Club was for a marketing campaign so that Quaker Oats could beat their competitor. Wheat. Yeah. Yes. So now they're saying, oh, we're trying to advance healthcare, this, that, and the other. That wasn't your number one goal to begin with. But that wasn't the number one goal. As far as we're aware of, that wasn't the number one goal. No, it's you're coming your ass. Exactly. So in a direct quote from a New York Times article, which I read off of the Illuminati YouTube video, quote, Quaker Oats continues to deny that it played a large role in the experiments. The company donated the cereal and gave a small research grant to the university, said a Quaker spokesman, Mark Dollins, end quote. In January of 1998, a settlement was finally reached in which Quaker Oats and MIT had to pay $1.85 million to the former Fernald Center residents. Good. And a direct quote from a Washington Post article reportedly said by lawyer Alexander Bach, quote, it's a violation of your civil rights, which is why they're paying $1.8 million to treat a minor as a guinea pig and feed them radiation, end quote. So this whole thing is fucked. <laughs> like, is. I don't know how else to describe it other than this is fucked. Yeah, it's like you start out with one reason, then you think turn to healthcare, which great, but not really the true reason, and it's still fucked up how you went about it's it. It's still fucked up because at the end of the day, there was no consent, and they're children. Yes, and like, like you said, there are safe ways to use radio tracers nowadays. Like yeah. nuke med scans and both scans are used that way, but in this instance, and then talk about like giving kids a radiation at one point, like that's not okay. It's not okay, no matter which way you flip it. No. It's still fucked. Very fucked. Uh, so to kind of summarize this week's distraction. So the MIT Science Club is a fairly horrid demonstration as to how far humans will go in order to try and figure something out. Yes, we all have heard of bizarre and borderline questionable methods to become more advanced in healthcare as a species. However, when it comes to the MIT Science Club, it's a matter of discrimination and violation. During the time that the experiments took place, things such as consent and human rights, especially for children, were basically non-existent. Consent seemed to be a word that no one really used, and because of that, MIT and Quaker Oats thought that they could get away with what they did. Since then, things have obviously changed, but what won't change is the horrors that those children had to face. For those that are wondering, the children that did participate in the MIT Science Club reportedly didn't suffer from any health issues due to the experimentation based on the documentation I came across. However, that's good. who's Sorry. to say, right? That didn't actually happen, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish it just didn't happen in general. in general. I wish we could say that, but then I guess we wouldn't be here for the story. We, yeah, we wouldn't be here. But, you know, as far as my understanding, none of them suffered from cancer or anything like that. However, if someone does see something where it says otherwise, please send it our way because... We want the deets. We want the deets. The Walter E. Fernald Developmental Center did do its own time in the courtroom itself due to the historical abuse and mistreatment of the children that entered its doors. Now, what buildings remain on the property seem to hold uncertainty in terms of what future they will serve. I sincerely hope that all of those impacted by the MIT Science Club were able to find peace and freedom away from what took place. And although I'm sure there are numerous testings similar that we will discuss on the show in the future. Hopefully today's episode can be a reminder to respect consent and the rights of every single human being. And that is this week's weird distraction. Mic drop. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Christy? This was wild. Yeah. It's like, 
it's just mind-boggling that they could just take a group of children and be like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Because you have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. And we're going to inject you with things. Which, again, like, in the end, like I said, there's radio uh, tracers or whatnot that are used today that are safe. But to think that that's what, like, just how they went about it. And then the certain things they did to the children, it was just not okay. And I'm sure there are probably millions of stories like this. Probably some that, you know, are even happening today in different parts of the world. But it's interesting that this, this one in particular, it happened in the U.S. It happened not far from where we are, and I've never heard of it. And big brands like Baker and MIT that yeah. are still things today that are still like top of the line. You're like capitalizing. Uh-huh. It's like that probably that 1.8 was like nothing to them. Nothing exactly, which mm-hmm. is just ugh, bonkers. But disgusting. you know, you know what's not disgusting? Your resources. My motherfucking resources. Big old shout out to the Smithsonian article. A Spoonful of Sugar Helps the Radioactive Oatmeal Go Down by Lorraine... Oh, I should have jolly fallen next to your last name, Lorraine. I am so sorry, but I think it's Boys and Nult, uh, which was, this article was written by you on March 8th, 2017. Uh, thank you to Wikipedia for its page on eugenics. Thank you to the World Abandoned website for Walter E. Bernald state school, an abandoned school in Massachusetts. The Priceonomics website, which I kept saying it wrong earlier. I, who knows? Price economics, Priceonomics. Oh, I didn't even notice. Tomato, tomato. Thank you for The Dark Secret of the MIT Science Club for Children by Zachary Crockett. Thank you, Zachary. The Hyperphysics website, the Google search conspiracy theory definition provided by Oxford Languages. Thank you, Wikipedia, for United States of America Atomic Energy Commission page. The YouTube Fernald Science Club, This Dark World, uploaded by user This Dark World of Ours on May 10th, 2018. The YouTube video Quaker Oats Fed Children Radioactive Oatmeal, uploaded by user Illuminati, which is spelt I L L U M. I-N-A-U-G-H-T-I-I. What? Naughty. Like, oh, like naughty. naughty. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was uploaded on April 8th, 2020. The Washington Post article, Radioactive Oatmeal Suit Settled for $1.85 million. Author and date not listed. And I'd like to give a special thanks to my boothang, uh, Tanneronka for editing this week's notes. Oh, did he? Yes, he did because he had free time and I was done. I, I, I took, I, I took advantage of his free time. So that is my spiel about my resources. Now, Christy, could you tell our fine ass listeners all the good stuff that you tell them at the end of every episode? Yes. Our fellow listeners, as always, thank you for coming out. If you're listening on this platform or any other platform of, of Apple or Spotify or Google or Good Pods, Feel free to go on and give us a rating. We love a review of sorts. Just some getting exposure, getting us out there in a kind of free way to help your fellow podcast friends. For free. For free. You can also support us on our media pages. Alex makes fabulous things on there. (laughs) TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Just we're searching Weird Distractions Podcast as always. And if you're looking for a bit more of our Weird Distractions, please head over to our Patreon page. We have two tiers on there. As Alex explained at the beginning, we have a nice, funny, weird spam episode coming out. So please check that out and go on there. February 15th. Thank you. And shout out to our other members that we already have. Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Shadow, and Sissy. We want to thank you guys as always for being on. You know the deal. We love you. So if you're not on Patreon, you're missing out on some goodies. So you should check it out. You're missing out on quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. It's We've got... 
quite a bit going on over there, especially now. Yeah, there's so. weird spam, there's extra episodes, there's early access. Early access. Oh and my there's the blog posts. Yeah, uh, weird destinations where yeah. I... Well, we basically tell you all the weird places we've been, some potentially haunted places. We give you the deets. You get to see photos that, I mean, some of the photos that I've uploaded for us haven't even made it to my personal Facebook account. Yeah. So you're getting the the in-in, if you know what I mean. The before no one's seen. Yeah. So yes, check out Patreon, as always. And if you want to show or support another monetized way, if you don't want to get the content, which seems crazy. That seems wild. You can also go on Buy Me a Coffee, give a little sprinkle, and you can also go on to Redbubble. We love that. We would like you guys to get some merch if you yeah. want to rent us. So anything, any kind of logo, you can put it on basically anything in Redbubble. Her desires. Yeah, we've got right now just uh, like our usual logo. I believe we have Skeptical Susie merch. We've got... Let's chat all things weird merch. It's a good time over there. So definitely go check it out and get yourself something nice. Valentine's Day is literally tomorrow when this episode comes out. So treat yourself. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like I said before, as your heart desires, it is the love month celebrations. Yeah. What not. So get on there. And lastly, we are hoping to get a listener distraction episode to you hopefully soon, but soon. we're always looking for more stories. So please send them in to weird distractions podcast at outlook.com. Again, it can be something you encountered, a friend encountered, if they don't mind you sharing. Yeah. Anonymous, a dream, some a story you've heard, just something interesting, short, long, sweet, doesn't matter. Ooh, maybe they can tell us, you know, maybe you knew somebody that went to the Fernard Center, or maybe they were part of the science club. If anyone's listening, we'd love to hear yes. from you. You know, just anything really, anything that made you think, damn, that was weird. We want to know because we're weird. We're weird. We love weird shit. Welcome to our podcast. Where have you been? No. <laughs> Where have you been? What you doing? But yeah, please email us. And once again, Chrissy, what is that email address? Weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. I love it. Now, you know what else I love? What? Our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for just existing. We appreciate you so much. And if you need a distraction, we got you. Bye. Bye. Your world can change in the blink of an eye. He walked into the bedroom and you know that she had been murdered. So he's running up and down, screaming, Oh my God, someone called 911. There are two men killing a girl. I know my son, and he would not go that long without saying anything to anyone. Safety can be an illusion and reality a nightmare. So how do you feel a person, a grown person? Unspeakable crimes can penetrate any small town, big family, pretty face, or innocent child. And in the wake of a loved one's murder or disappearance, there is nothing more cruel or desperate as silence. Why won't people talk about it? That's another thing. People don't want to talk about it around here. For the families of the missing and murdered, they gambled with their sanity as they lose hope in closure and settle for justice. That's where the cold case playing cards come in. In each episode of the Dealing Justice podcast, your hosts Jennifer Dubasek and Lori Jennings will spotlight one card from the cold case playing card deck. 
hear the victim's story from the friends and family who knew them best. Her mom will never stop fighting until she finds out what happens to her daughter. Learn about the crime and help close the case. Welcome to season two. We're not just playing cards, we're dealing justice. <laughs>